This is Verve, the style podcast, your only source for everything fashion on the internet. We're your hosts. I'm Katie Gassman. And I'm Anna Grace Averett. With a combined 10 years of experience in e-commerce fashion, from buying and styling to visual merchandising and content creation, Katie and I know firsthand how the internet is reshaping the fashion industry. We sit down with your favorite creators and the next wave of innovators to discuss how they're pushing fashion forward and break down five of their favorite fits. On our solo episodes, we get into the latest fashion news, runway shows, internet trends, pop culture. It's basically like going to happy hour with your fashion besties. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and follow along on TikTok and Instagram to see what we're wearing. I'm at Katie Gassman, two S's, two N's. And I'm at Anna Grace Averett. That's A, V as in Valentino, E-R-E-T-T. So sit back with your mandatory three beverages and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Verve. And if this is your first time listening, we are so happy to have you here. This week on the pod, we sit down with a pro skateboarder turned streetwear designer, Joey Jett. Joey started skateboarding at the age of six. By seven, he had joined the Dew Tour, touring across America, until he quit skateboarding completely at the age of 10. A few years and an alpaca farm later, Joey returns to skateboarding. By age 20, his YouTube videos have over a million views and he's touring the world when inspiration strikes to start his own streetwear label, Jet Brand. Joey's story is full of twists, tricks, and turns. He is truly a DIY king. (laughs) (laughs) Like we said, this episode is full of wild stories and may inspire you to try something new, chase a dream, and wear pink butterfly pants if your heart so desires. Since he's a Baltimore native, we were able to record in person, which was so much fun, and we cannot wait to make an appearance at Jet Studios. I am pretty much a ripstick expert, so we will definitely be bringing that into the studios, and we can all play around with it. And you're going to have to get it customized. Obviously. (laughs) So with that, everyone, make sure that you have your three mandatory beverages on deck and enjoy the show. We did our research. You received a skateboard secondhand when you were six, either from Goodwill or a yard sale. There was some conflicting facts on that. <laughs> um, and then a year later, you're skating in the Dew Tour. Can you walk us through those early years? Okay. So to get rid of the controversy. <laughs> Clear it up for us. It was a us. yard sale. Okay, a yard my sale. Mom, so basically, my mom got the skateboard from my brother. And I stole the skateboard from my brother. Nice because he fell and like chipped his tooth and i just wanted the skateboard so got the board from him i think i did what he chipped his tooth on just because like he was my older brother and like you know i'm gonna show you up bitch it gets crazy (laughs) exactly that was definitely my six-year-old energy and my neighbor was like i thought he was the coolest person in the world so i had to show him like I deserve to be his friend. So (laughs) basically through that, I just kept doing it. Like once I made it down like the hill that my brother couldn't, I just kept doing it and I just kept getting better. And I just like fell in love with the act of just doing it. Like I was fully indulged in skateboarding. Like at first I did to one up my brother And then I did it to, like, be the cool kid in the neighborhood. But after that, I just did it because I loved it. Like, none of that mattered. And every single day for that whole year, I just skateboarded. And, like, the first, I mean, it sounds great. (laughs) Like, 
dang, only one year of skateboarding and now he's on the do tour. But like the first six months, I was like terrible. Mm -hmm. That you were on the do tour or that you were skateboarding? No, just skateboarding in general. Okay. So it was like six months of me being worse than like the average person who just started skateboarding. (laughs) But because I also you're six. That's so, true. So too. we're cutting you some See, slack. I was there, like, right? I'm <laughs> hard on myself sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just kept doing it every single day. And then like pretty much after the six months of doing it, then I like figured it out in my own way. Yeah. And then it just became natural. And I already loved it. So it was just like it just worked. Yeah. And then my mom started taking me all over the world. Because she was like, my son's special. <laughs> <laughs> so mom pushed you? Yeah, she took me to Minnesota, um, New Hampshire, like pretty much all over the United States just doing like contests. Yeah. And I think like besides the first contest, I won the next hundred. Mm. So you lost your first contest? I didn't lose it. I got like, <laughs> I mean, technically, I guess. But you I didn't did. win, right? Somebody else got yeah, first I got, place. I got fifth place. Okay. But then and... after that, you crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a competitive person? Then I was. Mm-hmm. I'm now, not going to lie. You don't give off competitive vibes in this room right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, now I'm more of like relaxed. I don't think I've been mad in probably like three years. <laughs> I love that. Good for you. Yeah. And... But back then, yeah, I was very, very competitive. I just think, too, like, my dad played lacrosse. My mom was a gymnast. So it was, like, it was all about winning for me, Mm -hmm. which when I quit skateboarding at 10, it comes full circle, and it's why I actually quit. Was there a lot of pressure? Oh, yeah. And it comes down to, like, the fact that I got into skateboarding because it was freedom. It was creativity. It was, like, just natural. Mm -hmm. And then I got into this contest circuit, and it was, like, I was being judged. I was – I had all the pressure in the world. And I almost lost why I actually got into it in the first place because it was just having a good time with my friends. It was just – fun and it became everything but fun what years was this happening like that you were competitively skating when I started skateboarding it was I'm thinking it was like 2005 2006 okay if I'm doing the math right but at that point vert was like so the main thing with skateboarding was vert at the time it was Mm -hmm. like the big vert ramps Mm -hmm. and that's when skateboarding was huge and like the x games and like the do tour and it was like more of like a mainstream thing Mm -hmm. but personally i liked half pipe i liked street skating because it was more like freedom it was more like rebellious it was more like cool in a (laughs) sense that's like og skate culture exactly and vert was more like it was more like a sport like Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that but i didn't I was always like kind of the rebellious kid and I loved freedom and I loved just like doing things because they're fun and like mm-hmm. different. Invert was very like same thing over and over again, very constructed, which is okay, but it's not what I loved. But that's what was huge in skateboarding at the time. So that's what I got like pushed into. 
and that's what like tony hawk does and like everyone was like oh you're like the next tony hawk (laughs) and so that's what i did and that's what all the contests were but you gotta realize i got into skateboarding because it was like street it was rebellious and then it just became constructed it Mm -hmm. became a contest it became judging it became following like tony hawk's footsteps Mm -hmm. and it just made me dislike the very thing i loved so you're 10 years old and you decide to take a step back yep i actually i just yeah i quit i mean it was a gradual probably from like nine to ten i mean at nine i was sponsored by osiris I oh was gosh. ranked Osiris. The big you were so shoes. cool if you wore those. Or Did you have a pair? No, but I, I want the, the intensity with which I wanted a pair of Etnies <laughs> was so. I, it would have made everything. Like, would I you like Ryan Sheckler? Um, well, I worked I'm at sorry, Hot, what girl did it? <laughs> yeah, right. And I worked at Hot Topic. And so I was like, I'm going to be a cool emo skater girl. Like I was, I tried to be seen for a second. Like that was a time in my life. So yep. back to your life. <laughs> there is a lot of people that was into the scenes. So. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of like the height of it around those years. Yeah. yeah like for the sure. Justin Bieber, like front cut with like yes. the long hair. Oh my like, gosh. It was a whole thing. The jeans were so tight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you take a step back from competitions. Are you still skating in your free time or do you just like take a break from it altogether? No, I mean, by 10 years old, I just hated it. Mm-hmm. Like I was too young to realize why I liked it in the first place. And at this point, I was just um, immersed in, like, I just hate this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know why. Right. All of this that you've come to Because you're, like, 10 years old if right. you're thinking about it. Like, you don't really, even at 10, like, your thoughts aren't as articulated. Like, you don't, you're not like, why do I hate this? You mm-hmm. just kind of hate it. Yeah. It's just a feeling more than yeah. Yeah. logical. Okay. So, 2015, five years later you make your comeback kid video. Yep. So what happened in those five years? We matured a little bit. We collected Um, our thoughts. A good amount of stuff happened in those five years. So another aspect of, let's say, skateboarding and why I quit was, let's say, like my dad was a lacrosse player and hugely into sports. So he never really liked skateboarding. So I feel like when I quit, I just mm-hmm. wanted to be normal mm-hmm. and I just wanted to like, let's say follow in his footsteps. So I played basketball, football, golf, basically every sport under the sun, trying to fit in and trying to be a normal kid. Were you an athlete, like kind of a natural athlete? Were you good at all of these things or was it tougher for you? I was, so let's say probably 11 to 14, I was really good mm-hmm. and like basketball i played uh aau in football i played in like lock raven in like the inner city and like i was starting quarterback but once high school hit i got too short (laughs) 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 so now i went from like it was kind of very interesting because like my whole childhood in a sense i was like a star and then I was really good at sports, so I had, like... An identity? An identity. Yeah. But then, now I'm 14, and my mom gets remarried and moves me to an alpaca farm. <gasps> what? In the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere where? Southern Maryland. Okay. So, two hours away. 
And so I went with a kid that had an identity and even was like a star when he's younger. So being the alpaca farm kid. (laughs) Yeah. Not even the alpaca farm kid, but a four foot eight kid with buck teeth, you know, that does not know one person in Southern Maryland. Right. Who used to be famous. Yeah. Like that's a very uh, complex thing to have to feel at 14. Like, puberty i had so many feelings at 14 and i never was famous yeah (laughs) oh yeah so so basically comes full circle Mm. because i'm going to high school now and this is like my first year in southern maryland so high school i feel like is bad for anyone yeah like any way you look at it (laughs) but now i don't know one person i am four foot eight with buck teeth (laughs) and Basically, the first day of school, the only person I know is my stepbrother. And he tells everyone in the school that I'm a professional skateboarder. (laughs) (laughs) All right. How was that received? Um, Did you work it or did you kind of? Oh, yeah, I worked it. Okay, okay, okay. What else were you going to do at four foot eight with buck teeth? You have to reclaim your identity. Exactly. So very interesting because you would think like that would make me like the cool kid right but it did not no it made me a huge target for like just like bullying and like other things too and i was like really awkward like (laughs) super awkward because my whole life kind of growing up i had friends so i never like realized how to make friends because they're just always like there because I grew up with like the same people so now I'm like how do you make friends like how do you be a normal person I feel like that's a common child star conundrum to have to deal with at some point yeah because when you're I guess when you're a star or child star star people like come up to you and Mm -hmm. it's like you don't really have to like put yourself in situations. When if you're traveling all the time, like you're competing, right? You're surrounded by people. There's little fans screaming at you. I'm sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. So now, it's like. I mean, I think the only thing I wanted at the time was like I'm like, you know, I like girls now, but <laughs> no girls are looking in my direction. <laughs> but when I was eight years old, they were like all looking in my direction. That's so I was so like, dang, this sucks. So were you like reclaiming the pro skater is going to help me get some chicks? Um, when no. <laughs> I, at this point, you know, I'm at an all-time low. So I'm like, <laughs> no. I realize, like, I'm not getting any girls. Like, that is way out of the window at this point in time. <laughs> but it's still going around that, like, I'm a pro skateboarder and – a group of skateboarders at the school keeps coming up to me and they're like, Hey, come skateboarding with us. Come skateboarding. And I'm like, nah. Had I you mean, skated anytime? No. Like I've since- not skated in like, at this point I've not skated in four years. Oh shit. So people are coming up to me like, damn, you're a pro skater. So that was a lot too. Like mm-hmm. that was a lot to like, cause you're kind of living a fake life. Mm-hmm. And at the same time in my mind, I'm getting hit with the reality that like, I am nothing at this point in time. And like, yeah, it was just a, it was a big reality check. Like freshman year, it was just like, 
Whoa. <laughs> I think we all cycled through quite the amount of identities in high school. Oh, yeah. Trying to figure out who you are. 100%. Like, yeah. this is nothing special. Like, this is nothing. Oh, no. Your case is very like... unique. You don't have to downplay that. Like, <laughs> we can't relate to that aspect. Definitely not. But eventually, you do decide to come back. Yeah. So, so the group of skaters that kept, like, coming up to me, I kept blowing them off. For me, they thought I was, like, in my head, I was kind of, like, kind of portraying like I'm too good for you guys and but in reality I was just terrified to go skating with them because I haven't skateboarded in four years and I'm like living this lie in a sense so the whole year goes by and I think the last month of school I'm like sitting at my stepbrother's table and it's just like not the people I wanted to surround myself with. Like one kid saying he's like an airbender. Like it was yeah. just, I don't, I can't even explain like what was going through. But it hit you in mind. that moment. Yeah. Like, I was your just stepbrother's like, friends. Yeah. Okay. Like they're, I don't know. They're just like lying so much about like everything. Like this dude literally was like, I'm an airbender. Like I can <laughs> so control the So he was very literal wind. about that. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Like it was like, no, like joking it wasn't like yeah i can control no it was like no dude i can do this. i can do this you know <laughs> you're like where the fuck am i on um, an alpaca farm yeah exactly <laughs> so there's there's just so much like little emotions going on so then i was like all right this ain't it so i walked down to the skateboard table and i just sit there and like i've blown them off at least 30 times like throughout the year and I sit at the skateboard table and I just, I'm expecting like me to sit down and I'm being like, yo, what's up? Like, let's skateboard. And we just have this stare down for at least like 60 seconds. Like no one's saying anything. And I'm so right, awkward. You just crashed the table. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, <laughs> I'm just like staring at them and they're staring back at me. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. And, uh. Then one of the kids is like, all right, you have to come skateboarding with us now. Or you can't sit at the lunch table. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, all right. And I went skateboarding with them. And I was like. Like after school that day or did you go home Yeah, that day. So, but guess what? I was amazing. I was. Right. He's a pro skater. No. So like that. no concern. <laughs> yeah, no concern. You would think. But. <laughs> I went skiing with them and I lost everything. No. I was probably below a beginner status. Like I could ollie, maybe board slide. And they're like. You're full of shit. Yeah. They're like, you would think, but this group actually accepted me. They're Uh like, yeah, there's not been a viral video of you since you were like eight years old. And there's no videos of you skateboarding since you were eight years old. So like we kind of picked up. Like, you're probably not skateboarding. and But it was the first time where, like, a group of people, especially that year, like, accepted me. And they accepted me for just, like, being me. So it was, like, a very beautiful little moment. Wholesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So you've re-entered the skating world now. Yeah, so now I'm just skating for purely fun. And I'm like... How did it feel? amazing it felt good like it felt like when i first started skateboarding again like i was just doing it and i got this giant weight off of my shoulder because now i'm not living this like fake life they just accepted me for me and not like because i'm some pro skateboarder and they just like 
took me under their wing and I just kept skating every single day. Did you get that like obsessiveness with it again once you started? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a progression, but then it's, I started skateboarding every single day and it was like, I think with obsession, the best point of it is when it's like mindless, when you don't know when you don't know you're doing it. So it's like, I was just doing it because I love it. It wasn't like I was chasing something. Like when I was younger, I was chasing like being Tony Hawk or being this magic, magical like unicorn in a sense, you know, like now I was just doing it because I was having fun with my friends and I just like loved every moment of it. It seems like there's a lot more creativity in street skating because you're taking and using your environment versus competition skating. Competition skating on verts is very trick driven which I'm guessing you have to practice over and over, over again. So I feel like did that open up your creative floodgates a little more? And oh, then yeah. you started filming and editing, directing. Yeah. I mean, because it's all this was like mindless. I was just, I didn't, un, at, still at this point, I didn't understand why I love skateboarding, but I just like re-loved it because I got back into it because it was creativity. It was like freedom which I like looking at it now is what I love. Like, that's what I love about fashion. That's what I love about everything. Like everything I do is engraved in like creativity, freedom, and like expressing yourself. And that's what like skateboarding means to me. And that's what like fashion means to me. And that's why I fell back in love with it. So let's talk about fashion a little bit. When did you realize that you love clothes maybe more than the average person? It's a good question. Um, probably when I was in, probably when I was touring in Japan, that's when I was like, all right, I really like fashion. I like the way it feels. Cause before like skipping ahead now, when I started touring, so this is post this is post coming back and we're in high school and we're touring again. Yeah, so now I'm probably like 20 years old. Okay. So, when I first started touring, I was like I've always in skateboarding, especially when I came back, I was doing like weird tricks. Like I was I was like always different. I always did tricks that like not everyone did. So I thought I didn't really take myself seriously. When I was touring, I thought I was, like, kind of a joke. I thought I was, like, different. I didn't really have that much confidence in what I was doing. I was almost like a, like a sideshow, like, a, in my mind, a clown or something at the time. Right, you're just doing tricks. You're performing. Yeah, and right. it's like I wasn't, you know, I had, like, a man bun. My whole thing was, like, I was some, <laughs> like, goofy kid. And then okay. I went to Japan, and I got inspired by skaters such as, like, Dylan Reeder. And I started following, like, Virgil Abloh and, like, these fashion designers. And I realized that, like, I don't have to be, like, a clown. I don't have to be the kid that people makes fun of. I can do something that's different and have confidence, and it will be, like, special. And I think with fashion, fashion was a huge, huge part of that because got rid of my man bun and I started dressing like, I think pretty good. And it just, <laughs> well, that's up for the interpretation, but 
Hey, it's me. your personal style. That's exactly. what matters. Especially at this time, it just made me feel good. Like, I think that's what got me into fashion because I was like, put something on and it didn't matter what anyone else thought. It just mattered like, dang, this makes me feel happy. And like, mm-hmm. this gives me confidence and like that's what it's all about that's what getting dressed is about yep at the end of the day so then i think japan was like the moment i was like all right i like this i like because skateboarding changed for me also at this point in time because now i wasn't like it wasn't really based off the tricks anymore it wasn't based off of being this weird kid it was like became like more of an art form now as like an evolution it wasn't like what i was doing but it was more like how i was doing it like it became almost like i don't want to say a dance form but it was like each trick became like its own art form it became its own painting like each outfit became its own painting like i was way more focused on like details now and it was like a new look at the time for me in skateboarding and like re-engaged me to like this new found form of like creativity Mm -hmm. what is skate culture like in japan versus in the u.s do they have their own sense of style because japanese fashion is very unique like outside of skate culture specifically very aesthetic driven yeah so did you come back to the u.s also and you're like i'm this Japanese inspired kid or how did that blend into your skate aesthetic first of all I want to say I love Japanese fashion I love like their culture I love everything it's just perfect (laughs) (laughs) um because when I toured Japan I was in Japan for like two months and I actually toured for skateboarding for three years And the first two years I was touring, it was all throughout the United States. And I was touring with this big skater named Mike Vallely. And he was like my mentor at the time. So I was basically following. He was like the star and I was like his sidekick. Like he was (laughs) Batman, I was Robin. (laughs) And every place we went, like he would sign all the autographs and I would be like the goofy kid with the man bun in the corner. Like someone might say hi to me. And... When I went to Japan, and also this is when I was, like, started to get inspired by fashion and, like, make this change. Like, with me, it felt like this change within my soul. Um, Japan was just crazy because it was the first time I was ever out of the country besides the United States. So, it's like I made this giant leap with my skating and with my fashion, and I had this, like, newfound, like, awareness of myself in the first skate park in Japan we get there and I'm like in the van and I've maybe in like two years of touring like all I've done is slept on the floors for two straight years signed maybe one autograph and said hi to like whatever amount of people and we get to Japan we stop at the first skate park and it was like crazy they just they storm us. They start like shaking the van. Like the whole van is just like going back and forth. It was just straight out of a movie. 
and it was like everything I worked for for those two years like sleeping on the floor like eating ramen noodles like it was all worth it in that moment it just all came full circle and yeah it was amazing and that whole trip for two months like I was in the countryside with like my one of my favorite artists to this day his name's Yuski and he designed all my like professional skateboards and he's just incredible like and now if you look at my fashion and my brand like it's very inspired by like Japanese art it all comes from the artist named Yuski who like designed all my first five pro models and he just he just like opened my mind up to to so much like art and like diversity and like yeah it's it's hard to explain because that trip was such like a feeling Mm. so so you come back to america and eventually you start jet brand how long after japan was that and how did you like initially get started with it So Japan happened. And then after Japan, like we started touring to a bunch of places outside the country, like England, Denmark. So now it was like stuff was starting to get real. Like in Denmark, I won the X Games and it was like everything I dreamed of touring should be. And I remember one day my mentor was like, he showed me a shirt. And he's like, what do you think of this shirt? And I was like, I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you should put the logo here. You should do this on the back and you shouldn't um, do this. This is like his own merch. Actually, but it said my name on it. So Mm. it was like, it was for my pro model, but it was like the shirt for it. And he was like, doesn't matter. Like it's already in production. And I was like. But it does matter. Right. Yeah, Why didn't you insult me? For me, like, everything I do is very, like, detailed. And especially at this time, like, my skateboarding was... Because now I'm looking at everything I do as, like, an art piece. Like, everything is, like, so detailed and everything matters. So I was, I was so bummed. I was like, you cannot put this out with my name on it. Like, this is terrible. And it did come out. And it honestly wasn't that big of a deal but it made me like think about it like I can do this myself like what's stopping me from making clothes so I think like the next week or so I started YouTubing and I was like how can I make clothes we're starting from the ground up yeah exactly right did you know how to sew or no no (laughs) not at all but so I started looking into like screen printing and to me at the time I was like this is way too much to take on so then I found like a someone that just like custom makes clothes but they're like doing it which at the time was like a step up so I gave them my designs and I was like do this this and this but I was still in like, I wanted like, let's say something on the sleeves or like something in like a weird place and they couldn't do it, which 
made me angry because <laughs> I felt like I was like put into a box and I had like a vision and I couldn't do the vision. And then I was like, all right, I have to screen print and I have to basically have control of what I'm doing. So from there, I learned how to screen print, I built my studio with all my friends and now I can make whatever I want and I can put the design anywhere I want and I have full control over it. So. Do you do your own like drawings and sketches? I'm with like a group of artists now. So I have about probably four artists on my team and I have a full studio now with like a half pipe, which is actually part of my house. So the artists just come and basically we just like feed off of each other's energies. We just, I don't know, we all just sit down, maybe have a glass of wine, like talk for hours. And if any one of us feel inspired, then we'll just like make it. If we don't feel inspired, that's okay too. But it's very natural. It's very like a pure process. And a we true just like community. It exactly. Because like, yeah. there's no pressure in like what we're doing. It's all about just like a feeling and it's just like, dang, I'm inspired right now by this conversation. I'm, ex I'm inspired by like the energy going around and it's just like, I think personally that's when the best art gets made, mm -hmm. when it's like natural, when, when something's forced it just never really works out. You can feel it. Yeah, or yeah. it's just, it never reaches its full potential. So, so how did you start growing the brand? I'm assuming by then you have a pretty strong Instagram following from your skateboarding career. Did you just start posting on there and were people inquiring like where they could get it? Yeah. So at this point in time, I was kind of doing, I was building my studio, which was, which is in my garage, but like, we built a half pipe, and I didn't know how to build a half pipe, so we YouTubed <laughs> it. Everything we did was based off of YouTube, and it was just, like, it was just, like, a do-it-yourself project, because everything, like, let's say the clothing um, people before was, like, you can't do this. Like, my mentor was, like, you can't do this. So, everyone was telling me, like, what I can't do. So I was like, you know what? I'm tired of people telling me what I can't do. So I'm just going to build it on my own. I'm going to do everything on my own so nobody can tell me what I can't do. Full control. Exactly. <laughs> so we were building everything. We were YouTubing everything. We were just, I felt like I was taking control of my own destiny. Like I didn't rely on anybody. If this failed, it would purely be based off me it would be based that I didn't put the work in I didn't make a good design I didn't do what it takes so I put all the weight on my shoulder and I basically built a good team around me and we put in the work and then basically just documented all the behind the scenes and we started building up a fan base pretty naturally just behind the scenes of like jet studios and like building it 
in making just I think different designs like we started doing jumpsuits we started doing pants basically everything that I couldn't find online that I wanted I just made it that's the best yeah Yeah. it feels like a pretty obvious statement to say that skateboarding is an intrinsic part of who you are so would therefore be a part of your brand so how would you say that skating and skate culture has influenced joey jet Hmm. i would say skateboarding is like the foundation of the company like everything I do comes from like the core of skateboarding like what I actually love about skateboarding is like creativity freedom and that's what I brought to fashion that's what like connected me to fashion because it's very similar and so to me that is skate culture and that's what I feel like fashion is for me too. Mm -hmm. So you, that was what in like 2018. So we're about like four years in now. I found you at your, at the skate park that you helped raise money for. Did you help design that too? Yeah. So that skate park, I, I did help design and raise a good amount of money for it. I had a couple art shows that was a big part in helping build it. And then, of course, I mean, I wanted to help design it. So that was a very cool process. Yeah, that's right on Baltimore's Inner Harbor. And so one day I'm walking. Um, I got coffee from my favorite place across the street. I hear a lot of music. I walk across the street to the skate park. There's some big event happening. And there was like a table full of your merch. There was a jumpsuit that was fully screen painted, pink and black and white, which I am, pink's my favorite color ever, so I was instantly sold. And then um, you had told me that you had a show coming up at the Smithsonian Institute, and that was your first, like, full-fledged fashion show. What was that experience like for you? Was it stressful leading up to then? Yeah, the yeah. Smithsonian was crazy, to be honest with you. Um I feel like I jumped from like zero to a hundred rather quickly because that was my first like real fashion show. I feel like the theme of your life is jumping zero to one hundred yeah, very quickly. I was literally going to say that. Yes. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, that, might be a very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. How did you get that invitation? This is also a very interesting story. So, Christopher Schaefer, who was also, I haven't mentioned him, but he was a very important part in me getting into fashion. He was like my mentor. And he was like, let's go to a fashion show. And this is also while I was touring. So in my mind, I didn't really understand fashion too much. So at this point, all I wanted to do was make a shirt. And Christopher Schaefer does custom suits. Yes. To set the scene there. Yeah, he makes custom suits in Baltimore. He's... Very, very well done. Tailor, like these suits. Incredible. Like, I remember he gave me a pair of pants and I was like, I put them on and I like looked in the mirror and I was like, dang, who is this person? 
the self-confidence yet again. In yeah, exactly. But it's like steps, you know, it's like stepping blocks. And definitely that I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like getting rid of the man bun and like putting <laughs> on like not a goofy shirt made me feel good. But now like having pants like tailored for me, it was like a step up. I was like, holy moly. Like. Getting something fitted is like a big. Yeah, it's it, amazing yeah. what it does. And so basically, he's like, I'm like, yeah, I want to be in fashion. And he's like, so what do you know about fashion? I'm like, absolutely nothing. <laughs> but I know these pants make me feel good. And he's like, all right, I'll take you to a fashion show and like you'll see like what's happening. So he takes me to this fashion show and it's at one of the Smithsonian museums. And it's just crazy. There's like five, ten thousand people there. And he's like, You wanna walk for me? And I'm like, No. <laughs> like especially at this time I was like, I don't walk. Like I, I don't know why. I just thought that was like weird. So so then basically the person running the show, um, Christopher Schaefer's sidekick named Casey Rowe. He, we went to the same um, fashion program in high school, actually. Casey, he was like really? a year below me, I think. Yeah. And then my best friend helped him get the internship with Christopher Schaefer because she had interned there the year before. Really? Yeah. So a funny little side story. but Wow. Yeah. Casey's a good guy, but he basically, so while Christopher Schaefer is like, yo, you should walk in this. And I'm like, no, like I'm like shy. I'm like, nah. You're like, I'll skateboard though. <laughs> You'd think I would say that, but Casey basically, while Chris is telling me this, Casey goes to the owner and tells the owner, like, yo, there's a pro skater here. He should skate down the runway. And she's like, yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. So she basically comes up to me and it's like, you're going to have to close out our show by skating down the runway. And I'm like, what? So I went from saying no to modeling. So now I have to close out the show. And I'm like, I don't know, with demos and stuff. Like if I'm doing tricks, like I can just do it. But now I'm like going down a runway and I'm like in this suit. And I'm like so nervous. I'm like, this is terrible. Like this is the worst thing ever. And Christopher Schaefer's like, you got to do it, man. Like this is a big deal. Like she's a big deal. You can't say no. So I'm like, all right, fine. So, basically, um, at the edge of the runway, and she's just like, go. And I just skate down it, and it, it felt amazing. Like, it was just, uh, it was just crazy. I loved every moment of it. And, basically, since then, I did, like, I've walked in, like, at least 10 different shows since then. I did one with Christian Seriano, which was, like, amazing. Another Baltimore native. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. And so during COVID, how this story comes full circle is when I skated down the runway, I think I just started my brand and it was being made by someone else. So it was, like, super basic designs, like, nothing special. And then the person that made me skateboard, which was like the person that ran the show, 
she started like watching what I I was doing. So she was like watching the brand and how I was like changing and how I was like screen printing now and like making unique things. And she messaged me and she's like, I really like what you're doing. And it was in the middle of COVID. So we started having this conversation. And at the time I was also exploring like a bunch of abandoned buildings just because I love the texture. I love like the darkness. There's just something about it that like grabs me and I think it's very unique. So through conversation, I was like, you know what we should do? We should have a fashion show in an abandoned hospital. That's very Alexander McQueen of you. Cause yeah. that is exactly <laughs> how he started his fashion shows too. Yeah. And she was like, and it was COVID too. So there was no like real fashion shows going around. So it was like virtual mm. and what well, wasn't, I mean, it was virtual, but it was very like video based, which yeah. for skateboarding, I made video parts. So it was like right on my alley because I love videos and I like connected skateboarding to fashion. So we had this fashion show in an abandoned building and we were there till like three in the morning, like super DIY. And this is a very like professional person. In me, nothing I do, in a sense, is professional. It's very guerrilla. It's very DIY. We're YouTubing videos. Yeah, just like, because street skating, like street skating, you're not allowed to street skate. But I find ways, like I'll go at like three in the morning. I'll like run from cops. I'll just Mm -hmm. do whatever it takes to get this. So you're not allowed to go in an abandoned building. But I was like, yeah, guys, it's fine, you know? So I do this all the time. <laughs> yeah, so it's like 30 of us in this abandoned building, which is super, like, I guess it's technically trespassing, but it's like... Who's using it? Yeah, exactly. No one's <laughs> using it. Like, it's not like you're doing something bad, is the way I look at it. So 30 of us are all in this abandoned building, and... I'm just like, yeah, this is nothing to worry about. But in reality, we definitely could have got arrested. Like, it was so (laughs) sketchy. But I was like, nah, this is nothing. And it went really good. And we were there till like, 3 in the morning. And she was, like, super impressed by the whole thing. And she was impressed by, like, the fashion show, the clothes. Was this all your clothes? Yeah, it was all my clothes. And it was, like, all, like my film in a sense there was other filmers but it was like my vision so she creative direction yeah so she saw that and she was impressed by it and like i think seven months went by and then we started like fully editing it and i sent her like a promo video of it and she was like this is some next level stuff and she's like i'm having a show at the smithsonian in like two months do you want to be in it and i was like yeah that's cool Because for me, when, like, big things happen, I never, like, think it's a big thing. I don't, like, think about it. Like, I'm not, like, like, I was hanging with a friend, and I was just, like, I think I read the email, and I'm, like, dang, they want me to be in the Smithsonian. They're, like, that's cool. And I was, like, yeah, that's, I think that's cool. And this was the only, like, Smithsonian exhibit ever that was about the future, like, yeah. and everything else is history about the past. So, like, that's a landmark on its own. That you're being considered the future of fashion at this fashion show. Yeah. Yes. But you're not comprehending that at the moment. No, no, <laughs> I'm not at all. Like, um, so then 
at this point I'm like, all right, cool. Like I'll put together a few looks. Like I'm not thinking like, dang, this is like a big thing. I'm just like, yeah, a few looks, but I'm like really focused at this time too. So it's like natural. Like I'm just like, I'm just like making clothes. I'm I'm in my creative zone. And then I think like a week or two goes by and it's like one of the main models that I've been working with. We're like, we're at some party and she shows me like her mom's Facebook post. And it's like, oh my God, my daughter is walking in the Smithsonian. And it's like, it was just this like paragraph about like how this was like the proudest moment of her mom's life. And I was like, holy moly, this, this might be like a big deal. That was your ocean moment. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh crap. Like this is crazy. And, uh, yeah. And then I think like three days later, like they FaceTime me and like these looks to me are like, I'm like, I'm killing it. And it's like, they FaceTime me. It's like Beyonce's designer. It's like all these people. And they're like, these looks are all right. Like you got to step up your game. And I'm like, oh, so no. the panel that was there, cause it was Marnie who is Beyonce's stylist. And yeah. she does like creative direction for um, Ivy Park too. Yes. Yes. So you sent in your designs and what you were planning on showing. And they were like, yeah, yeah they're just like, I mean, to me, this was like zero to a hundred. So I'm like, dang, I'm killing it. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, this is all right. And I was like, what the heck? And then, but it was like, uh, cause this show to me, it was like going from zero to a hundred. Like it was like, I definitely skipped a lot of steps like right. with this show. And I didn't quite realize it. Like it was just so like natural, but most people, they, like, I think every designer in the show besides me was like, 40 years old and up mm-hmm. or like very experienced yes so did you take your existing designs that you had shown the panel and like level them up or did you start from scratch um I definitely leveled them up like it was uh the designs I showed them weren't finished but I thought I was like so I thought I was just I was just proud of what I was doing because it was like so much better or so much more thought out and like what I was doing at the time so I'm like dang this is good you know like this will do and they're like yeah like you gotta step it up and I was like okay I'll step it up which um it definitely got in my zone and I was like all right I have to make this the best it can be and by the end of it I think everyone was pretty happy with it yeah you definitely had some you utilize like all of the theatrics too. Like your obviously your clothing was strong. Then you had like huge leather angel wings. You had very like dark broody music. You were wearing a mask when you went down. Someone was skateboarding. So I feel like maybe even compared to some of the designers there that you had maybe thought about like again the theatrics, the feelings, and made it like a whole experience. Yep, which helps. It's definitely with my fashion. That's what I want to do. I want to. I want to make you feel something like I want to do something different, especially with that show. Particularly, I wanted to like trigger people in a sense, because I think a lot of like my fashion now, it's based upon 
just the idea of like questioning what you've been told. Like, let's say Coffin, who is like a, he's one of the company's like biggest artists. He's, he wears things that like trigger people. Like when I first met Coffin, he wears this giant nose piercing. He wears like makeup. He just. Oh yeah, he modeled in your show. Exactly. He might even, let's say, wear like a skirt. Like it gets a reaction out of people. Exactly. So when I first met Coffin four years ago. I judged him. Like, I thought he was weird. I just didn't understand it. And then I stepped back and I'm like, why did I judge this person? Like, why did I think this was weird? Like, he is dressing exactly like he wants to. Like, he is comfortable in his own skin and he's doing what makes him happy. Like, me judging him and me thinking he's weird is something wrong with me. And I think, like, society taught me that. And so I had to step back and I had to be like, why do I think that way? And that's what I wanted the show to do. Like certain looks are like, let's say triggering, like it's like guys wearing makeup or it's like guys having giant nose piercings or like giant wings. And in a sense, I think it makes certain people angry. But I think that's okay because I think the show was based upon like, I want someone to look at a outfit from the show and let's say it makes them angry. Or even let's say right now, like I'm wearing pink pants with butterflies on them. And if I walk outside, like a lot of people will like them, but a lot of people will hate them. And I want someone to be like, instead of just hating something, be like, why do I hate this? Mm-hmm. You know, like question what you've been told, like, why does someone wearing pink butterfly pants, like let's say a guy wearing that, like why does that make certain guys angry? Right. Challenging traditional masculine um, ideals, you're always, for some reason that feels so intense, like versus challenging like feminine ideals or something like that. Like we have a little bit more freedom, I feel. I'm wearing men's jeans right now. No one would think twice about it. Right. But But you're wearing maybe what someone would consider a woman's jean because it's pink with butterflies on it. And that's a big deal. Right. You even showed, I think, like a bridal look for a man, right? With like a long veil. And like, it's not about like, I don't want to, I don't want to sense force a belief on someone like, oh, you have to accept that I'm wearing pink pants with butterflies. But I just want someone to be like, why does that make me angry? And you know, like, like, understand it. Like, you're like expanding their minds and their thought process. Exactly. Yeah. And that's all I like. You can still hate it, but I want you to like question why you hate it. Yeah. I think was the main purpose of that show. And even like fashion in general, like, because four years prior, I judged someone for doing exactly what makes them happy. Like, me looking in the mirror. That's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I felt like society like taught me. So that show I wanted to represent like things that make people angry. Like things that like exactly like a guy wearing a bridal dress. Like mm-hmm. that will make a bunch that will make some masculine like overly masculine people angry. And it's like I just want them to be like why does this make me angry? Have I just been told that this should make me angry? Mm-hmm. You know, like even, you, yeah. How do you think masculine 
ideals and skate culture intersect? Like what impact does masculinity and skating have on each other? Do you think, or do they exist? Like, is that community relatively open? Um, I don't know. I mean, I definitely in the skate community, I get a lot of hate mm. and it's kind of weird. Cause I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's just a society thing. I mean, it's a skateboarding thing too, but it's like, for me, skateboarding is about like freedom, creativity, like yeah. being yourself. Yeah. Like, like skating is counterculture. Exactly. So like, why would That's like you... the foundation of it. Right. But then like so much people just hate on the fact that like I do something different or like. Are they hating on like your clothing line or tricks or you as a person, all of the above? Probably all of the above <laughs> to be honest with you, but. I think it comes down for me personally, like how I deal with the hate is like, it's just a simple fact of like, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. Like I'm dressing how I want to dress. I'm doing the tricks I want to do. I'm, I'm just doing what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And that's like the, like, I mean, I'm sure talk to one of my haters they could go all day about what's wrong with me but and what have they presented to the world exactly they have like a blank profile picture a picture of a fish maybe (laughs) and it's like you're just gonna judge someone who's clearly putting so much passion into everything in your life that you love and creating and exploring new ideas and they're just sitting there doing nothing hating on you like that's what they're doing with their time and effort yeah exactly like i'm not even asking them to like me i'm just like i'm just doing you're not asking anything. From yeah, them. exactly. Like, they're I'm just so doing, irrelevant to yeah. you. You're right. existing. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's very interesting. Like, if I go to a skate park now, I'll probably have like five people that like really like me. I'll have five people that like hate me. And there's mm-hmm. like, there's no real like in between with it. Like, it's very, it's very interesting. Well, you can count us on the liking side. Mm-hmm. I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah. But I mean, that's what. I just want the people, let's say, like, the skaters that feel like they have to fit into their friend group or they have to do something to, like, fit in to be normal. Like, I think it's very empowering, like, just to be yourself. And maybe you're not going to be in, like, the cool group or, like, whatever that is. But I think it's beautiful to do what makes you happy and be yourself no matter what any- anyone else thinks. Mm-hmm. We completely agree on that front. So what do you think is in the future for a jet brand? Is there some sort of goal you're trying to work towards? Are you trying to expand your product line, have more shows? What do you see coming for you? We're big manifestors, so we'll start on it for you. Yeah, speak it into existence. Oh, uh, yeah? <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I mean, the next show, it's going to be a partnership with Christopher Schaefer and I think DuPont Circle. So I'm just working on that. Um, and you're going to be showing different, like entirely different looks. Yeah. Entire. I mean, this one's going to be more like, let's say leather, like more like wearable, like the Smithsonian was more of like a storyline. It was Mm -hmm. like telling a story, had accessories. And this is more of like what I would wear, like going out or like what I think is kind of like, this one's more like elegant. Like, it's just like what I think I would wear, like on a normal basis i mean of course it's your ready to wear line yeah of course it's going to be different because i think everything i try to do is different but it's going to be more like 
the average person would be like, all right, I want to be a little different today. So I'll like wear that going to a party or whatever. Cool. And where can people buy your stuff? Um, I have a website right now, joeyjet.com. And Jet Brand's like a part of that. So that's where I mainly sell my clothes. But if you want like custom pieces, like jumpsuits or whatever, you can always DM me. And like it'll be made by hand in Jet Studio with like a bunch of cool artists. And yeah, if you guys DM me too, like I have a half pipe in my studio and it's it's always open to like creative people. Just trying to what do you think should we skate um you know i, <laughs> I was, think that li- I was literally podcast. asking you should i get rollerblades or a skateboard well i think your decision's been made now a skateboard yeah okay. duh. okay i can I know, rip rollerblades are pretty so cool that is red steps they're cool so. yeah wait what is that hella cool um it's like okay so you stay it's like a figure eight shaped Mm-hmm. board type of thing but there's only two wheels and there's a axis in the middle oh yeah yeah, yeah. so you sh- 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 back and forth i'm gonna watch from the sideline and applaud you both <laughs> if you need anything fashion wise i'm here yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 well the screen printing is right next to the half pipe so you could like you be can work making on a project clothes, like wow she's stepping and i'm skateboarding i'll make yeah. some verb merch yes verb x jet brand Yes. Oh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like that. All right. So now we're going to hop into our little personal style corner. These are a little more rapid fire, um, just short questions. So how would you describe your personal style? I would say elegance, dark. Um, but unique. Yeah, I like it. All right. Do you have a style icon? Yeah, I have a couple. I would say Dylan Reader as a skateboarder, Rick Owens as a fashion designer. I love that one for you. Mm-hmm, I can feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And even in music, I mean, I would say, I wouldn't say it's my favorite music, but probably like as style with music, I would say Playboy Cardi, mm. which he's especially his new looks it's just very like avant-garde it's like dark it's it's different all right favorite designer is it rick owens do we have any other ones um rick owens uh demna from balenciaga very good we're very big demna fans over here so virgil abloh of course rest in peace i mean he's matthew williams is a good one there's one Japanese artist I can never say his name correct, but he's very into like black clothing and he's just, he's very ahead of his time. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been doing it for so long. Let me see if I can pronounce his name correctly. It's like Yoji Yamamoto. Okay. I actually, I mean. That wasn't bad. Yeah. What is a trend that you've participated in in the past that gives you the ick now? It might be the man bun, it's sounding like. Yeah, you hundred percent the man bun. Like uh, disgust. The man bun. Alright. That one was really easy. Yeah, that was so easy. Okay, so you have to choose one outfit to wear for the rest of eternity. It's your style uniform. What are you wearing? 
pink butterflies because it makes people angry. <laughs> <laughs> Polarizing even in the afterlife. Well, I wouldn't say it, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it makes everyone angry. I think people come up to me all the time like liking it. But I think it makes it's almost like I like painting my nails because let's say I'm at a party and someone's like, why the heck would you paint your nails? I'm almost like, all right, For I don't want to be around you. You know, <laughs> like you're the same reason I'm painting. That's why I'm doing it. Right. Exactly. You can know who to not associate with. Yeah. Right. All right, so now it's time to move into the outfit portion of our episode. Quick reminder for everybody listening, all the images that you will definitely want to look at will be on our Instagram, at Verve Podcast. That is linked in the show notes in our listener guide. So we will jump right into that. You came in hot with like 20 outfits. You were ready to chat. We had to narrow it down, but I think we got it. The verb first. Yeah, right. (laughs) So let's start with a photo of you on the white brick background and you have your dragon pants on. Yep. I do like that outfit a lot. I just like, I like black on black and I like, a like the white, I think just very jumps out and I have the Virgil Abloh like Nikes and Mm. I think it's like, it's a lot going on, but because it's black on black, it like doesn't look overwhelming yeah high contrast but intricate what are your japanese characters what do they say so the left side is harmony tranquility elegance balance and serenity which i think are very important parts of like my life and i think those are each of them represent like especially when i was touring they all represented something that got me through like elegance and balance I think are very important key factors like elegance represents my fashion balance I think is very important whether it's fashion it's life of course harmony like without harmony nothing really works and the other side is the comeback the process the dream the the goodbye and the awakening so those are all my videos in those each video represents like an important journey in my path like of course the comeback was like my comeback video and the process is what led to the dream and the goodbye is like the heartbreak of what I thought was my dream and the awakening is me finding my actual dream so it's like my journey in a sense wow he's a poet I know. I love that you like <laughs> think out your videos so like they mean more than just being a skate video. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think a lot of skateboarders they just want to do tricks. And for me, I skateboarding represents a lot more than like a trick. It like was so important through my life journey and getting to a certain point. So each video represents like that journey, like what was going on in my mind at the time. Like it's like a building block, like each video is like a new building block and especially like the awakening compared to like the dream. Cause the dream was at the time I thought I was chasing my dream, but it turns out that wasn't my dream. And the awakening was like finding through the goodbye, let's say through a heartbreak, it was like finding out what my true dream was. So, I can see why you're going to have a hard time um, 
I don't want to say dumbing it down, but like slumming it a little bit on TikTok because you're not going to be able to <laughs> present these <laughs> huge concepts. Yeah, that will definitely be hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you still can actually. People make like many movies on there, but yeah. Yeah, I think the I think another thing with me too, and I think with any artist, it's like finding the difference between like corny and like genuine. Cause you don't want to be like I think TikTok, it's like you don't wanna say like I don't I don't know, something just like a like sunshine, rainbows, lollipops, because then like you fall under like the corny category. Mm-hmm. But you if also like if you say something deep like that still can like it's like it's just it's hard to reach like the mainstream with like a very articulated message it's like this back and forth i feel like artists have it's like how do i say something deep without being like corny but also being like genuine but it's Mm -hmm. like the way you say it too Mm -hmm. it's like and you can't control how people perceive you exactly all right, let's move on to the infamous infamous pink butterfly pants. Yep. The infamous pink butterfly pants. I have said a lot about these pants. <laughs> I feel like in this podcast. Um yeah, basically, I mean, I just love the color pink. It's like all throughout my studio, it's in a lot of my clothes. And these pink pants, it's either people love them where they hate them and there's no in between and I feel like everything I do people either love it or they hate it so I think it's like a good representation of the brand maybe of me as a person and just like everything I want to represent like I just I love the butterfly too like I think the butterfly is like it's a good representation of like, yeah, exactly. It's like evolving. It's like you becoming into like who you want to be. To me, that's what represents the butterfly. Right now in recording, you're wearing it with a black rib tank top. In this photo, you have a suit jacket on. Christopher Schaefer jacket? Yep. So I love that you can dress it up, dress it down. And then you have a graphic tee on in the shirt too. Yep. So the graphic tee is another just simple design of Jet. And of course, the suit jacket, Christopher Schaefer. So it fits perfectly. But I love the combination of like suit jacket with like streetwear. So I just. And who is this girl? You had a girl on your other t-shirt. Like, is she a specific girl or is she an abstract girl? Wait, which one you talking about? We have some lips, and then we have some collarbones. Yeah, so most of the designs do come from uh, people in my past or experiences in my past, but it's more, I don't want to make it, like, about me. I think it's more, like, of an experience of, like, a moment. So... Yeah, it just represents, like, let's say that it was just a moment that I lived that I thought was beautiful and simple. So I think that's what that design represents. Long story short. Yeah. Yeah. So next photo, you're lying in the skate park. I'm going to guess you have some Rick Owen shoes on, perhaps. Um, Oh. Oh. 
I do have some Rick Owens shoes. Yes, got it. <laughs> I do love Rick Owens. I think Rick Owens was another one of those brands that like, let's say Coffin, how he was like something I didn't understand. Like when I first saw Rick Owens, I thought it was weird. I didn't understand it. And then I just looked at it from a different point of view and it was like architecture to mm-hmm. me. And it just, once I looked at it like architecture, just, it was like this, I don't know, it was like a new point of view just opened up and I was like, I loved everything about Rick Owens from that moment on. And then you have some Jet Brand pants and shirt. So I'm going to guess we have another moment in time on the pants. Yeah. And then what's the graphic on the shirt? Uh, I think the shirt is also the lips. Oh, yes. And then actually the board in that picture is one of my pro boards when I was um, touring the world. And I was done by Yusuke, like the Japanese artist. That yeah. You see that dragon incredible. a lot in your work. Yeah, definitely. Because at that point in time, like Yusuke, it's like a samurai helmet. So when I was touring, the samurai represented like a concept. It was like... In a sense, if you saw the movie, like, The Last Samurai, it was, like, we were, me and my mentor at the time, we were skating differently, and we weren't following, like, the trends. We weren't doing what, like, the magazine wanted. We were just doing what, like, made us happy and made us our soul happy, and we felt like skateboarding was moving in a different direction at the time, so kind of represented like we were like the last samurais like we were sticking to our beliefs and it didn't matter what anyone else thought we just saw skateboarding as art and it didn't matter the direction like skateboarding was going like samurais like japan was like evolving and they're like moving in different directions but the samurais had like a belief and it was like pure and that's what me and my mentor's belief was in skateboarding. And that's where that samurai graphic came from. I love that. We didn't talk about your board in the first picture. Is it anything it's um, special with your rose? Um, so the rose is like the logo of the company. And that logo actually came from being in Denmark. I think it was like three in the morning. And I was partying in Denmark. And... um. As one does. As as one should. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just, I had no tattoos at the time. And I was just like, I don't know, I was partying. I was just like talking shit. And I was like, I want a tattoo. And someone was like, I got a tattoo gun right here. And I was like, damn Oh, it. no. <laughs> you got caught on your bluff. <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, damn it. So then like, as everyone was like partying, I like sat in a corner. And I just like got tattooed yeah well at first i had to sketch the tattoo because i was like very particular about like my god this is your worst nightmare exactly (laughs) so it was like terrible in reality so but at this time i was also like super focused about like tiny details especially in my skateboarding so i was like what am i feeling right now like what does my skateboarding represent and so i like drew out this rose logo and to me the rose represented elegance which i thought like my skateboarding it was all about style at the time and like how i do it 
And so to me, that represent elegance. And then all the lines represented like balance. So, which I thought a lot, my skateboarding was all about like balance. And like, I felt my, like my life was all about balance at the time. So I basically sketched this logo out and then I got tattooed at like four in the morning in Denmark. <laughs> and then the next morning, um, my, my sponsors weren't happy that I was out partying all night. I think I showed up to the hotel room at like seven in the morning. And, uh, so I was in the X. So then I was basically, we were going to the X games at like seven thirty in the morning. Is but this I, when you won the X yeah, games? But I didn't do contests anymore. So I was laying in like the tent area and, you know, I think I slept for like five minutes. So I'm <laughs> laying in the tent area, but I'm like talking to people like I'm not supposed to skateboard. We're almost there. It's just like a name, like a brand kind of. And then I'm like laying, talking to people and I just hear Joey Jet is next up. And I like go up to my fans. I'm like, did you? Did I, did I hear that right? Like, am I next up? And they're like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, you're next up. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so then I, like, get up, and there's, like, a 1,000 people or whatever amount. And I'm like, oh, crap. So they're like, go. And I basically just get into this crazy zone, and I land, like, all my tricks for, what, like, five like, minutes straight. What competition were you doing? Or It was just, like, the street style of, like, the Denmark X Games. Okay. So... I'm landing all my tricks, which I never do. And then I like, I get done and I'm like, oh my God, like that was crazy. And I'm just like overjoyed because I'm like, someone entered me in this contest. I don't know who, but I have a feeling I know who it is. But I like finessed it. I was like, dang, I did pretty good. So I think I probably got like 40th, which to me, like in the X Games, because I did street at this time and it was... I was like, yeah, 40th place in the X Games, that's crazy. So then they call the top 10, and they call my name, and I'm like, what the? Like, I'm laying back in the 10, they're like, they call my name, and I'm like, what the heck? And then I go again. I do good, but I don't do as good. And then they call the top five, and they call my name again. And I'm, like, walking up to get the fifth place, like, trophy, and they call someone else. Then they do the same for fourth place. And then they do the same for third place. And then I'm like looking to the person to the left of me. And I'm like, holy crap. If I like win this right now, like this is insane. So they call his name. And then like everyone puts me on his shoulders. And I'm like popping champagne. <laughs> and I'm like, woo! And like it completely backfired on all my sponsors. And. It was just like, it was a, especially when I made the tattoo and like that moment, it was just like, it was just very beautiful time in my life. And to me, the tattoo like represented that. And six months later is when I made the brand and like that tattoo became the logo just like naturally. So that's what that board is. But to me, like, what's more special about that photo is like the shape of the board. Like the shape is very weird. Like most people skate like a popsicle shape and I skate this like weird looking board kind of because it's just weird. Like mm -hmm. I it's don't got, like, like a point at the top. Yeah. Like I don't like 
fitting into a box. Like I don't like, I think a common theme is like people trying to put me into a box or like saying how to do something. And I just don't like that. So if they're like, there's only one type of skateboard, I'm going to make a skateboard that's different than the one type of skateboard. Cause why do everything everyone else is doing? Exactly. What a logo story that is. Yeah, that's a that's, that's a good my, one. I that feel like that's one. one of my top tier stories. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I can't get out of here without telling that story. Yeah. Okay, okay, outfit four. Outfit four. He's in the snow. We're rocking a polyclava. Or a mask. It's hard to say these days. Um, yeah, so that what's a what did you say? A polycarla? A a balaclava. What is that? It is like um it pulls over your head and it's just the eyes are open. So traditionally used skiing or snowboarding, but it yeah. has come into fashion this past oh, year. Oh yeah. Do you like Yeah, I snowboard? guess that I do snowboard. I love snowboarding is probably my favorite thing to do actually. Mm. Okay. Side, side note, side note. So outfit, we have a leather jacket. Is this something that's going to be showing in DuPont? Yeah. So actually on the back of it. So that's one of the leather jackets I made. And on the back of it is like a, it's like this skull logo. You can't see it, but it's the skull logo that's actually, if you look at the skull closely, it's like a person walking into a graveyard, which represented like the goodbye, which was one of my videos. So that's on the back of that leather jacket. And then the hoodie I'm wearing is like half black, half white, which I don't know why I got obsessed with those because I was like, how the heck does somebody make that? Like, mm-hmm. I was like, that's just crazy. Like, that's impossible to make. Like, I mean, now I know it's very possible to make. <laughs> but I was just like, that's crazy. And then, like, I made it. And it was just like a stepping stone for me. I was just like, dang, if I see something online, like, I can actually make it. So that's what, that's why I like black and white hoodies so much. And then the pants are leather. And I think I have... You can't see the shoes in it, but I think I have Rick Owens, like, boots, like, high boots. Mm. So, I just, like, I like the leather look. Yeah, we're and big leather fans over here, too, so. Yeah. It just, it just looks good. It's kind of, like, I think represents, like, a little bit of rebellious, and it's just, like, a, a classic style that I don't think will ever think it would be timeless i think it's one of i don't think it's a trend like i think it's something that will last forever totally agreed definitely all right last photo it looks like we are in the studio we're in a jumpsuit yep so that is my studio and i'm sitting definitely skate on this half pipe yeah exactly (laughs) like that's a ripstick like yeah 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 prime ripstick half pipe Um, but I'm sitting on a dirt bike. You can't really see it, but the dirt bike is like totally customed. Oh, I can and see it's some like, cherry blossoms. Yeah, it's there. like a jet dirt bike. And that's another thing where I was like, I want to make a dirt bike. So I just made a dirt bike. Like to me, that represents like, I think another strong thing throughout this story is the fact that like people say you can't do something and you can do anything you want if you like put your mind to it. So I just, I made a dirt bike and that's what that represents. And then the jumpsuit, I just wanted to do something different. Like I've never really seen a custom jumpsuit. So then I was like, I want to make a custom jumpsuit and 
There's like a lot of custom like artwork on it. There's custom sewing on it. And it's that jumpsuit's one of my favorite pieces and it's I wear that quite a bit too. So besides like the pink butterflies, I would wear the jumpsuit. Those are like if the I two couldn't, favorites. Yeah. I would say those are my two favorite things I've ever made. Yeah, and screen printed on here slash painted. You have cherry blossoms. This character symbols again, dragon, an anarchy logo. Yep. I do like the anarchy logo. It fits in. And um, even the shoes, you can't see them, but the shoes, like we made those shoes. They're like cherry blossom shoes. Nice. The one of my main artists, Coffin, who like, who came up earlier, who's inspired me so much. Like he's he drew a lot of like the cherry blossoms and everything. Like he's just a very talented human being. Shout out to Coffin. Shout out to Coffin. <laughs> you are the man. <laughs> What is the next thing uh, that you need to jet brandify that isn't a piece of clothing? Is um, it a ripstick? Maybe. Ooh, that's custom, a good one. That is a good ripstick. one. Yeah. Lately, I've... So everything in the studio is actually jet. So it's like we even have like basketball hoops. We have a ping pong table and it's all like... Branded. He's a yeah, self-promotion it's all, king. It's all custom jet. I mean, it's just even the door. Like the door is this huge like mural um, of one of the logos on the clothing. I think it's just the idea of like you can make anything yours. Like okay. you can take even a pair of shoes and just draw on them. Like the act of just like doing something and like I just love it. It's just creativity at its finest. Mm-hmm. This is giving me an idea for your TikTok. You make it, but it's like a modern Rob Deerdack fantasy factory. Ooh. And it's just Jet Brand Studios. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely with TikTok. I think when I built Jet Studio, it was like the incubator. It was like the home. And it's like the foundation of Jet. And it's everything like I think the company represents in like a space. So I definitely want it as like the foundation. Like I think that's going to be a big part of TikTok and just the brand in general going forward is like the idea of having like a studio, like a place where artists can come together and they can be themselves. They can feel accepted and they don't have the pressure to like make something just today. Like they can go to Jet Studios, they can be around other artists and we can just feed off of like just being around open-minded creative people and that's like in my life when I'm surrounded by those people that's when I make the best art that's when I have the best time that's when I'm like truly happy so yeah I think just studio is like represents that dream that like I actually so when I think about Jet Studios, when I was like six years old and I was in school and like I was never good at school and I was always like super anxious and my teacher would be like, put your head down, like think of a happy place. And when I was six years old, I put my head down and I almost dreamed of like exactly what Jet Studio is. And that's on manifestation. Yeah. Manifestation. <laughs> Shout out to them. Yes. 
Well, that wraps up our episode. Thank you so much for being on, Joey. We had a terrific time talking to you, and you have an insane amount of cool stories. Yeah. Thank you. It was a master pleasure. storyteller. Yes. Yeah. You always brought it back around. <laughs> You're welcome here anytime. Thank you so much, and thank you guys for having me. It was a pleasure. Do you want to let the people know where they can find you online? So you can find me at joeyjet.com or jetbrandofficial.com. Instagram? Instagram is joey underscore underscore jet. And then you got jet underscore brand, B-R-N-D. And we have the new leg of jet brand which is jet black which is way more like custom like the jumpsuits are like one of a kind pieces and that is jet underscore underscore black the couture house if you will yes (laughs) all right we will talk to you guys next week bye bye Verve is the only source for everything fashion on the internet. If you've been inspired to get dressed up for yourself this week, tag us to be featured on our Instagram at Verve Podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Katie Gassman and at Anna Grace Averett. Links are in the show notes. This podcast is written and produced by Katie Gassman and Anna Grace Averett. Edited by Katie Gassman. Creative direction by Anna Grace Averett. This has been a three beverage media production.